hey, did you notice that I'm getting a little bit old? Because I can't really use technology anymore. Or maybe it's just bad luck. I don't know. Last week, I tried to use one of the e-scooter renting app. And I wanted to try the new ones, the e-bike one. They are more like mid-sized motorcycle. But I wasn't able to start it. I think I'm getting old. What do you mean you weren't able to get it up? Isn't it like you just scan a code? I opened the app. Oh, I started from the very beginning. In my first time, I opened it. Mm, how can I say? What was the problem? I totally forgot. We were we were talking about how you couldn't get it up in your first time. <laughs> I found the e-bike. And I scanned it, tried to ignite it to start it, but it wasn't able to start. Then I contacted the customer service. Luckily, they are making it a nice, pleasant experience for the customers. They made a refund. And in the second time, I wanted to use my old refund because they had somehow put it on my account, not my credit card. Then I wanted to use that money. I wasn't able to start it. Actually, I started it, but they said it was no scooter zone. <laughs> oh, no. It was parked here and I was able to start it. So they also refunded it. Why was it parked into no scooter zone? I mean, somebody parked it there. Exactly. It shouldn't be allowed. I mean, like there are two ways that a scooter can move. One is somebody could drive it there and the other is there are some scooter pick up and drop it at different location type of people. So maybe the drop at different location type of person fails. I was really excited to use those because I already used the small ones that you ride while you're standing up. Uh-huh. But I want I really wanted to use that middle-sized one. Okay. I also use uh-huh. moped. Uh-huh. A little bit bigger and they require driving license actually but this one does not okay it does not uh, the small one doesn't i think yeah the middle one does not require driving license oh wait the like can you re recall for our uh, audience can you remind what the categories are size categories yeah there is one light scooter that you Like there is a one handle. I don't really know the English names. I don't think English names necessarily mean what they mean in this context. You should describe the thing. There is one handlebar that you hold while you are standing up. And there is a, okay. a horizontal platform that you put your butt fits on. Oh, it's basically a, a child <laughs> scooter, but electric. Yeah, yeah, a child scooter thing. I think e-scooter is that thing. Like when you say e-scooter, that's what people hear. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is e-scooter. Yay! And first they introduced mopeds. They are like motorcycles, but they also come with the helmet. I think you may be getting old because as a person who is older than you, I have never tried riding any. And Izzel is the youngest in our hosts who actually had tried it. So... <laughs> Uh, Izan, in order to really nail the point home, can you tell to Enes whether you are able to start the machine or not? And then what happens? No, but he's not talking about the one I tried. He tried something else. Yeah, I live in Istanbul. I'm so sorry. In Istanbul, they have they have more different types of these things. We only get the e-scooter one, that's the big child thing. <laughs> And they're not big child things. They're dangerous What do you mean dangerous? How how could it be dangerous? It's a, it's it's just a scooter, but it's it's electric. It's like a more expensive toy. I tried them only two times, and both times I've hurt myself. Oh no! I'm, I mean, like emotionally, you were like, how how is why is this happening? <laughs> no, no, I'm so sad. That kind of hurt. First time I was with Enes, and I I drived very nicely, but he was faster than me. I was trying to catch up. It was fine. But when I was putting it away, like locking it to finish the journey, I dropped it on my foot and it hurts for a few days. And the next time I tried, I just fell from it. Okay. I mean, 
the second one I can get, but I think the first one, the danger falls less into moving vehicle category and more into just heavy, <laughs> heavy object category. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the victim is the scooter in the first case. The scooter is the one that is hurt without its control. Yeah. These things are really heavy and they are fast. They are fast. That will end up in dangerous accidents. So, Enes, did you hurt your scooter while driving? Like Zaldi? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes oh, no. I... Actually, I, I wanted to finish the categories first. Oh, yeah. Of course. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. After the first introduction of the e-scooters, they secondly introduced mopeds. And they're mo- like motorcycles. They're actual scooters. They're called mopeds. And you need a driving license to be able to use those. So you need to verify your driving license in the app. So it was quite okay, I think. And I once I was able to start it again because they made it so confusing that you first need to use brakes first, then it will start. I don't know the correct order of starting it because they didn't put it in the app very clearly. <laughs> Maybe I haven't read it. Oh, I'm getting old. And... <laughs> And they just announced a new one. The, they are in between the e-scooters and mopeds. They are okay. like, I think they are called e-bikes because they have little pedals on them that you can't use. <laughs> it's real hard to use. And I, I thought maybe I need to use the pedals to first start it. But it wasn't in my first time. <laughs> and, You couldn't get the pedals up. I really wanted and I really needed because I didn't want to walk so much. <laughs> you re- you really are getting old. Yeah, like but no that proves nothing. I walk more compared to when I was younger. I think where you are trying to walk is also important in this distinction. Like <laughs> if there's a hill, you don't want to walk up the hill. That is that is fair. By the way, I want to ask you something because I'm a uh, like poor country living type of person, farm and banjo equivalent of Turkey. Um, <laughs> and my city doesn't have those things. Are these electric vehicles? Yes. Yeah. I mean, e-bike yeah. sounds electric, but is the moped electric as well? They're all electric. Uh, in Turkey okay. or uh, of the company that I have. I used. Oh, I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, this one podcast an elaborate uh, commercial for NSS scooter renting company. What is what is what is what is anti advertisement? He's gonna he's gonna criticize his own company. <laughs> But other competitors are also electric. They all also introduced uh, small cars, the electric cars. That only two can ride. Like the problem with those electric vehicles is usually when you where you charge it is not sourced by reusable electricity. So if you go to a charging station, eventually those charging stations use still foil. Like not foil. But how would you say that? Soil? No. Um, fossil. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Fossil fuel. Like fossil fuel. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. Eventually, they're not really that electric, you know. Okay, like I'm an electrical. I don't want. I don't like playing this card, but I'm going to have to object heavily <laughs> here because I used to be an electrical engineer, and yeah, <laughs> in terms of electrical engineering, uh, it is still electricity. No matter yeah. where it comes, like you can maybe say it's not as eco-friendly as electric cars are hyped to be. Yeah. Uh, but like it, I, I'm pretty sure it is a, it is still an electric vehicle. You know? So <laughs> the source of the electricity is a fossil fuel. Then I would argue all cars are electric cars, then because even in the engine, when you use when you use like like motor oil or something like that, they turn it into. My objection is unless you manage to get a way to like harness the lightning that comes from the sky and ride through that. It doesn't get more electric than that. I think what she wants is to harness the sun uh, and drive through that. It's like 
I think the distinction. Oh, maybe wind. But sun is also fossil. Like. No, sun is not fossil. Sun is fusion. What do they teach you in high school? Because it's so <laughs> old. No, no. Sun is a deadly laser. Okay, yes, yeah, sun is yeah. old. Like that's. Sun is a deadly laser. <laughs> like if sun too cannot, just like you, sun too probably cannot run these machines using the app yeah. on the first try. Sun too probably couldn't get it. <laughs> oh no! But like Enes, uh, upon lifting it up, uh, were you able to drive in traffic? And is that safe? If if I was able to start it, I will be in traffic, and I don't think it will be safe because I, even though I use the e-bikes, e-scooters, and I, even though I have a driving license, I feel. Not safe about it. I always fear, and I sometimes use pedestrian roads. The I mean, right for the two, because as we have just heard, Isar fell, and when you fell, did you fall to the traffic? I was scared that I would fall into the traffic, so that's why I fell, and I was uh, riding on the sidewalk. It's yeah. it's a recursive it's a recursive accident. Well, but I mean, like she was so stressed about using the easy yeah. <laughs> I mean I get that but I think in terms of safety I have a question you do have a driving license that's okay but you 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 have a like car driving license right mm-hmm. yes at least I know traffic rules that's the point I guess yeah you know the traffic rules but you like uh potentially someone with driving license who has never touched a moped or an e-bike can just pick this app up and just drive this one of these into a traffic? Yeah, they can. Um, I actually, I'm not entirely sure about the regulation because uh, there is a motorcycle driving license in Turkey. Yeah. And back at my day, when I was taking my car driving license, my car driving license had the underpower. Like if it was a higher level and the motorcycle was lower level, so using a car license, you could drive motorcycles. But no. No, it doesn't. No, you can't uh, drive. You can use scooters, not motorcycles. About three or four years ago, if you let me finish, about three or four years ago, they passed a new regulation. And now motorcycle is its own thing. No, I was going to object as it wasn't three or four years ago. It was more than that. Like I have that old driving license and it is not. I mean, I may be old. In fact, I am old. I took my driving license eight years ago. Oh, God. No, but no. What I mean is, because I remember this, because uh, my mom's co-worker uh-huh. had to go through, a, she already had a car and a car driving license, but she wanted to drive a motorcycle. And for that, she had to get a license. And this, this was in like 2000s. Okay. Like this was more than 12 years okay. ago. Like it's all about the motor's capacity. And the cylinder volume, I guess. So mm-hmm. up to some limit, you can drive, but it's a, like a small electric scooter. So that's the one okay, I uh, use, just about that mm-hmm. size. Yeah, um, mopeds are under the code M, as I'm seeing, and the motorbikes are under A1, A2, and A. So okay. uh, B licenses, which covers. Um, Automobiles. Regular cars. Bo- cars? Yeah, regular cars. Also covers the M code. But still, e-bikes are dangerous, I think. Even though you can't use them on uh, heavy traffic, they, as in my uh, second time experience, they put some zones that you can use mm-hmm. or not. Uh, you can't use those on the heavy traffic or the autobahns, the highways. But still, it's... Like even using them in a boulevard is dangerous, I think. I mean, there's something that bothers me and I want to ask you and maybe like we haven't heard from Elif in a while, so she may want to also answer this. Um, in terms of safety, there's bike and then there's motorcycles and then there's mobilets. And then there's this thing, and you're acting like the other things are perfectly fine, but this thing in particular is dangerous. Why is that? Okay, um, so quickly, I guess the biggest difference is the infrastructure is not really well adapted, and a lot of 
drivers are not used to how to react to this e-bike or e-scooter users. And also most of them do not use any helmets. And unlike bikes, they can go in some locations with alterations depending on the city, country, etc. really fast. And um, which kind of creates a different kind of illusion. And also the fact that they, most of them are not sitting and standing, it's also changed the understanding of the vehicle itself and how one can really navigate it in a dangerous point, you know, like unlike a bike or a bicycle, these people use it standing, especially in the e-scooter cases. So I guess these aspects are kind of the main reason why it's different than already existing alternative transportation options. I mean... I would also make the case that the difference between like a regular bike and this, or like, I guess the, this is more about, but this is less, less about vehicles themselves, but more about the practice. But like, uh, realistically, your first experience on a bike, like, is not going to be in the middle of traffic. Like with this experience, it could be. Mm-hmm. Because you just, you, all you need to do is to get the app and take the vehicle and go into the traffic. So what you're saying is there's no training sessions. I mean, but what is the difference between going to a bike shop and get a bike uh, than renting these bikes using an app? What's the difference? I think the main difference is this. If you own a bike, you would be able to train with the bike too. But if you want to train with an e-scooter, you have to pay the company. That's basically the same thing because you pay your bike. I think like the biggest difference is, of course, you don't actually own it, you rent it. So there's that difference. Eventually, you don't have an item that you can fix, that you can monitor, that you can know where it's been, how long it's been used and what are the issues. When you get a scooter or like those e-bikes out of the street, you don't really know the condition of the device itself. So you don't know if it's broken. You don't know if it's actually the brakes work the way it should. And you can't really fix it either. It's all depending on the com- like the company itself. And um, if something happens on the way, then there is nothing really you can do. Whereas if you own a e-scooter or if you own your own bike or bicycle, e-bike, whatever, then you have the option to monitor it. You have the option to decide not to use it because you know what's the problem is because you monitored it beforehand. Whereas with those scooters, ideally you expect them to work in every condition. If there is nothing actually visible in first sight, then you kind of give this blind trust. And I think it's just also kind of similar, which is not exactly related to our topic, but I have that similar anxiety when I use um, car sharing apps or like Uber or other kind of like, um, sharing car taxi alternatives, because you don't really know the vehicle itself. You don't really know the driver's ability. Um, there is this kind of weird trust already implemented the moment you use the app. And, um, I've, I think that's also some sort of like a possible danger that you need to consider besides having your own vehicle or your own, you know, scooter. I can see your point if you are the driver, but unless you are driving, like in the Uber example, it's just basically the same thing with using a bus or using an airplane. Actually, I would like to object Enes uh, because bus is worse. Yes. Uber comes with ratings, like the guy actually has a number next to their face that says whether yeah. they're a crazy person or a decent person. <laughs> Whereas in a public bus, you get what you get. Like the guy you are riding yeah. in a bus with can be a guy who opens the gate while driving, spits outside, falls outside while spitting outside, and you can have a bus that goes without anybody driving it and then crashes something. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> this is a thing that happened, by the way. This is a real story. No, nobody was seriously hurt, but this happened. I mean, maybe the guy who spits was hurt, but like the passengers were fine. 
I don't think it is the same thing as like, yes, you are right. Someone could potentially buy a bike and go into the traffic with that is as their first time riding a bike experience. But the difference is the level of accessibility because that process requires many steps and uh, more direct resources. While, and I'm not saying someone would do this like a, like a, with bad intentions necessarily. Mm-hmm. Someone could just see one of these vehicles parked and said, hey, I'm going to try it, even though they have never used one before and go I mean, into traffic with yeah. it and endanger themselves. This is a potential. And I think that is not on the same level of someone potentially buying a bike and riding it to the traffic first time in their lives. Yep. Yep. Okay. Here's what you may not be knowing, even though when you hear it, it's going to sound very logical. You actually can buy a car without a driving license. You don't need to have a driving license to buy and own a car. Yeah. At least in Turkey, though. Anyway, um, in Turkey, you don't actually need to. Like, the person who to whom the car belongs doesn't actually need to have a driving license, as far as I know. But, like, what I'm getting at is, it is possible to do the same thing you described with a car, but entry cost is much higher. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you die, you die, but... Anything besides of that is very easy. Like, it is very difficult to do that with a cash, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue even doing it with a bike is much, like, much less accessible and much harder than just renting one this way. And I'm, again, I'm saying, because, like, realistically, the other process we described, like someone buying a bike and riding it to traffic for the first time in their lives, like, that, there is no, there is no real logical explanation you can explain that without having like bad intentions i mean i i agree with you and i let me agree with you even more because when you buy a bike or when you buy a car or when even when you buy an electric scooter for yourself uh, it's a very clear demonstration of you wanting to own that item but when you're renting a vehicle using the system you are only demonstrating that you need to go to a place and you don't want to use the other options. You don't necessarily want to be a scooter driving person. You just want to go there. And that's a different mindset. It's the dedication. If you want to own a thing that costs maybe like one paycheck amount, you want to make sure you you don't break it the first time you use it. But when you are renting it for the price of one coffee cup, there's a different story there. Yeah. But then you can be fined if there is a problem. After you drive, you also, you can just inform the company that the scooter is broken. So if the other driver says broken it, so they will be fined and they will pay for it. Well, I mean, that is all good and well if that journey ends successfully, but that journey might not end successfully. They might directly endanger their lives in traffic because they don't have experience. Okay, Binel, so I hear you, but um, actually I haven't researched that particular thing, so maybe somebody else can answer it too. These, these things have been here for a while, and are there accidents happening, and uh, what's happening to people on these devices? I looked at some numbers on this that I wanted to see how how they compare against bikes and other small vehicles and mm-hmm. there are more accidents happen with these things and they also uh, checked um, when and how these things uh, usually get into accidents and uh, they've seen that this accidents mostly happens when the driver is uh, drunk or they are driving at night uh, is the car driver drunk or the e-scooter driver is... E-scooter rider is drunk, yes. The confusion comes from that, like, I don't know if that person is called the driver or not. I I, I was supposed to say rider. Okay, then. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to rub it on your face. <laughs> I don't even know if these things have lights on them. I've never ridden one at night and as i think you have yeah yes yes <laughs> oh i'm getting younger there... <laughs> <laughs> every model has light and they have is that enough lights uh, maybe they can be broken as well 
Okay, listen. Is that in, is that enough light? Uh, I'm not. Things... I'm not sure. Yeah, there are lights on every model. Every model has light in front and at the back. Also, reading more into it, I saw that these things have uh, solid tires instead of the air-filled tires to bikes and cars. Mm-hmm. So they are more sus- susceptible to bumps. Being... Yes, the bumps cause more disturbance to them so the light uh, is bright enough to show the bumps on the road uh, probably but like the angle of the light will change while you are driving on a bump <laughs> yeah uh, i mean if you are driving on a bump the light has already failed like but like it might not fail because you might be riding it slowly that it won't be a problem But it's not easy to ride this slower than the max speed. It wants to go to ma- go to the max speed. I think I, I'm able to do that. Be- oh, Am I, I'm getting younger. Oh. But like, if you use brakes and you don't need to pull the lever so hard, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm able to do that. But then you can't hold the thing uh, very. Securely. Like, I just feel like maybe I also ride bicycle when I'm more younger. And I think I'm more familiar with bikes. That's why I'm able to use the e-scooter spheres. A little bit safer. Okay, something doesn't add up for me and I want to ask. I am sorry, Benelli. I'm gonna... I can't stop. These devices are only allowed to operate... On certain parts of the city, right? Like they, you can drive them anywhere, like a bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking like they are the more busy parts of the street, cities and there would be street lights on the places that you would drive these devices. Because in with cars, uh, the headlights have two purposes. One of them is showing you what's in front of you when the road is dark enough. And the other one is informing the other drivers that you are here at night. Yeah. And I think... Yes, but you can also get into the small streets that mm-hmm. have no light. I mean, like, okay, maybe those places exist. I don't know. I live, Like I said, I live in a very rural part of the country. <laughs> Then you should have those streets. <laughs> no, but I don't have Marta. I mean, I, I don't have these things. Or do I have these? Do, do we have those things? Yes. We, in your region, we, yes, you should have. We, we usually saw people going on them on the streets. Like, I don't know if there's any streets in my, like, two or three kilometers radius without streetlights. Yes, but the, the streets are larger in this part. Istanbul has every kind of streets. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, in Ankara as well. Like, if there are so many trees in that street, the light is not that bright. Also, another thing, another uh, important thing I want to add. The, the headlights of cars is usually not enough to drive in the dark on its own. Like, even with cars, light is not enough. So I'm pretty yeah. sure the lights are not enough with these things either, even though there are lights. Also, I, I recall, like, I saw one of these things from my window at night and I remember, like, blinking lights While it's going, it's sort of a straight light. That's another thing. That's another light that they have. Also, also, did you know that there there is a brake that's on the back tire that you can uh, push with your feet? I always thought about that, and I think it's not uh, the thing in the Turkish ones, because I I, mm-hmm. I tried to push it with my foot, mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to do that because it's just a mm-hmm. cover thing, I guess. Because it has two uh, okay. brakes, like on right and left, and one is uh, you for back back tire and one is for front. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. Uh, maybe uh, maybe it was uh, for link because um, currently I I know three brands that operate these things, and two of them are local, and one of them is uh, a global brand. Maybe theirs has one. Maybe, maybe. I haven't used all the apps. Mm. 
Okay. Uh, so let Binali. me ask something else. Oh, Binali, yeah, sorry. Binali. Binali. Well, I was going to say, like, the personal thoughts and anecdotes, like, if the stats, statistics is a... Uh, cited are true then there is clearly some sort of safety issue but i also don't want to discredit the system or these vehicles altogether just because of it because this could be just growing pains like this is something uh, new this is something recent so my question would be what role then these things will take as the time goes on are these safety issues inherent to the, these vehicles or these systems or can this be worked around this also come to my mind when Jandain said it is most common in the business part of the cities i thought maybe yeah. the business parts are just the hubs of the traffic like where metro stations are so i thought maybe they can be well integrated as you said, in the cities. Mm -hmm. If they're integrated quite well, they can be just part of the cities and cities can be designed around that. They are called micro-mobility at start. So you don't need to use it to go to your work. I mean, you don't need to use them for commuting. They are just a small thing that you might use it in your neighborhood. Um, okay. It should be worked out. Okay, there's a, there's a few things I want to say first. Uh, Enes, let, let me give you some fun trivia. Did you know that the first city in the world <laughs> history that has streets in its layout is actually in Anatolia? Ah, I love Anatolia. So when, <laughs> when you said, let me take from the start and you said cities, I was really worried you were going to start from there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I think there is a very important distinction that we need to make here because uh, when we are talking about mobile e-scooter renting apps, we are actually talking about two distinct things. One of them is electric scooters and the other one is renting uh, vehicles. When we are talking about electric scooters, we are talking about how they would be useful for commuting mm. different than bikes or something. When we are talking about renting apps, what we are talking about is the ability to find a thing on the ground, start it, go to the place you want to go, leave it in the ground and moving on with your life without ever worrying about what will happen to the thing you left behind. Like, I find the second prospect far more exciting than the first one because I am a dinosaur burning car driving person and then I'm <laughs> always thinking where will I drop this dinosaur burning machine and yep. do my thing and then come back and find it mm. in fact I think this is a very big problem especially in the continental US and Canada because they have these parking lot restrictions that you need to have so many parking spots like the, the city is almost half a parking lot in some places and yeah Like if you can rent the device that you are traveling on, the parking lots become obsolete. And I would really want that. So like I said, there there are two two sides to No, you need another parking lot. Yeah, but they don't need to be between the places you want to go to, making the whole layout larger. Like you can have one central parking lot somewhere and then every shop can be next to each other without huge parking lot spaces between them. That's the integration problem that, that we have in Turkey right now, do you know? Like they park the uh, e-scooters everywhere on pedestrian roads or on the uh, each corner. They're they're not nicely layout. Yeah, they do. They, <laughs> it's not safe for the pedestrians as well. I mean, look, I don't want to ruin your argument here, but in Turkey, people park their cars on the pedestrian walking places. Yeah, like Turkey won't be the great example, but at least I can um, tell you from the German case um, because, you know, German cities usually tend to be really well structured in the city planning wise and um, the rules are really followed. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> especially in traffic, but still here, like people just drop it everywhere. And um, what you kind of start to see is people like, actual um owners of the house or some sort of like services people let's say assume like it's a cafe place and they especially say like 
don't park your electric scooter here. The government doesn't do it, but individuals slowly kind of, you know, make their own signs and say like, don't park your electric scooter here in front of my, I don't know, like my coffee or like my restaurant. And, um, I think that's slightly interesting, but I also kind of understand where agenda is coming from because the appeal of these devices is that you can take it from anywhere and like A to B, like no walking needed. You can take it and leave it in front of your door. And that's the appeal I would say, but it definitely becomes cluttered. It looks polluted and um, it becomes like a walking hazard as well. Especially while biking, a lot of people leave it on the bike lines or really close to um, entrance of parking lots because they don't really care um, where they left it. So eventually the other people who are not using it actively at that moment has to navigate around them. And it's in a country that people are used to bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Just think about the situation in Turkey. We don't use bikes that much. Right. Exactly. And while like ex- the bike example is, I think it's also important because like when you think of bikes, you think of Netherlands and Netherlands country doesn't allow electric bikes as like, it's not allowed. It's forbidden. If you, you can buy it, your individual electric, not electric bikes, I'm sorry, electric scooters. Um, you can buy your own individual one but if you do you have to register to traffic and you have to have a traffic license uh, attached to the device kind of like cars and um, you can use it that way but these companies that we are kind of seeing around is not allowed in Netherlands because I think they believe um, it will really first pollute second people already use a lot of bikes And third, probably it will cause a big problem within the bike lanes and um, parking lots of bikes as well. I'm, I mean, uh, I okay. First of all, I want to say some. I want to set something straight for the people who do not uh, know anything about Turkey or listeners. Um, when Elif says, uh, when Enes says, Turkey doesn't do a lot of biking. It is technically true, but there is a problem with that statement. The reason for that is because Turkey is a very hilly country usually. Like yeah. Big cities are usually built on hills. And yeah. it is not very practical to use bikes. When it is practical to use bikes, like in Eskişehir or Konya, people do use bikes. Like bikes are very popular in straight, like flat, in flat, flat cities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, Co- I mean, Konya, I mean, Konya does sound like a straight. <laughs> <laughs> then again, then 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 again, then again, Mevlana does say, "Come, whoever you may become." So maybe, Indeed. maybe we are there. There's mixed. Uh, but yeah, Konya is a very flat city. Eskişehir is a very flat city, and on those cities, bikes are quite popular. Um. So it's not like Turkey has an inherent problem with biking culturally. It is more like bikes are not very practical to use in most of the larger Turkish cities because yeah. of the I mean, Also terrain. Istanbul, it's very common in coastal neighborhoods. Yeah, because sea, sea level is always flat. Like you can't have hilly seasides. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, by the way, similar thing happens in Izmir. Uh, in Izmir, the, another city like very hilly, but next to the sea, across the shoreline, which is most of the cities, like the city is built around the bay. So most of the city is shoreline. Across the shoreline, biking is very popular because of its flat yeah, and large bike lanes. And also the discussion about Izmir is important to me for a different reason, because in Izmir, there is this thing that government, that municipal government does. And what they do is there are uh, these municipality bikes and you can get bike from one of the designated spots and leave it in, a, in, a, in another designated spot like you can't drive it to wherever that sounds great that's kind of nice integration i guess i actually really like this idea like um i mean the, the main appeal is of course going wherever you want but 
if these places are frequent enough, I think people would still be fine with it. I think like yeah. if where I'm going, I can go like maybe to 50 or 100 meters. And then there's some place I can drop the thing. Mm. Like people would I mean, probably be fine with that. I mean, think think of it this way. If this was like, if this was commonplace enough, then maybe we don't like, maybe people wouldn't take their cars to go to the uh, grocery store two streets down because they do mm. that here in Ankara, in Aryaman. People do that all the way. I mean, I do that here because uh, I, I am sorry, Elif, I burn all the dinosaurs going to grocery shopping yeah but yeah. i have to because my house is on top of a oh. hill and the grocery shop is in a different hill so i need to go yeah. down from this hill to that to the shop and then get back you will you will you you can tell your ex- excuses to the velociraptors in hell i mean <laughs> i i'm gonna say yeah I'm so, listen i'm burning you guys but it's because there are two hills like there's a hill and then <laughs> there's another hill like these ramps and then they're going to be, oh, yeah, yeah, totally fine. Oh, you burn yeah. <laughs> Like if uh, one million years later, somebody comes and says, we are going to burn your corpse to go on a hill a little faster and easier. I'm going to be like, yeah, you might guess. <laughs> okay. Actually, when you said like the stops, it's kind of good interaction and good integration for the cities. Like even when you add just a stop near a metro station, like a bike stop or a e-scooter stop, it solves many problems and we will adapt to it, I guess. Um, consider the following. I, I actually, um, like we talk about these devices, these electric scooters, and the way we talk about them is you drive them somewhere and you leave and then you move on. But, and the main reason for that is somebody, in order to use them, somebody needs to keep them straight. But if these devices were like Roombas, in that they were also able to drive on their own without anybody riding them. Um, would you then be okay with the following situation? There is, there is a stop of, for these things. Uh, like they are uh, sparsely spread around the city. You leave the thing and the thing just goes to the stop and then you can call it with an app. And the thing comes from the stop next to you and then you can ride it and go wherever you want. Do you think that would that be a better alternative to what's happening here with the littering and stuff? It would be a driverless taxi. Yeah. Wouldn't that be worse for littering? Why? No. Okay, the thing is, I think at that level, if we get to that level, then aren't we gonna replicate the same problem we to some degree have with cars where there are too many of them? We will only solve the storage and parking issues. I mean, when I say littering, what I mean is littering the devices to the streets, not necessarily the environmental impact. But wouldn't like, wouldn't having stops like the ones you mentioned for bikes, but for these things, or maybe like a shared space for these things in general, uh, wouldn't that also solve it anyway? Um, like, I don't think littering itself is an unsolvable problem. Or it's the first problem. Or it's not the first problem, I mean. Um, I guess, like, if I answer your question, um, probably that will become, like, slightly like Uber. So you open the app, you call it, it comes to you, you take it, and then you leave it in your destination like i don't know how feasible it can be like considering the current technology um but if you take the example of uber or just general taxi then of course it will work like it's been working for years it will definitely be a solution some sort of but um then it wouldn't be the e-scooter anymore because you know e-scooters are known to be cheap alternatives to those already existing call your vehicle type of i don't know like applications but if we had a already existing like parking lot or charging slot or gathering station for these devices then they will also lose their already like they, they will lose their appeal people won't really use it that much because then you will go with the city bike or you would go with the 
electric bike instead than scooter because now you have to find an already existing parking space or like you have to search in your neighborhood and then the neighborhood has to have some sort of designated area for those parking lots. Oh, um, so you need to know beforehand the destination should have one parking spot. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really know beforehand. Oh, you have to kind of check it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, currently, you need to find the thing that you can look it into. But it's easier, definitely. Yeah, but when I fell down, I had to push it around to find the pole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, um, but like the, there are usually poles in a lot like... Uh, you can usually find poles. <laughs> yeah, I found it. I found one, but especially in the European, especially in the European Union, because of the job market. I'm assuming. <laughs> like it is, you should oh. like very easily you can you should be finding poles in Berlin. Well played. Uh, okay, so what I was um, like, maybe you can think about it this way: if there are stops. Next to uh, transportation hubs, like next to bus stops or metro stations, there will still be people littering their e-scooters. But uh, most of the people going either originating from or going to the public transportation hub will leave them there. Like you are not solving the problem entirely. But I believe but you will still be solving about 60% of the problem if you do that. But like it's most littered in those areas as well. Yeah, like you can start from there. No, I agree. Okay, I want to I want to object to this from a personal anecdote. Last week we had to go to a city service early on with an appointment because it usually have large queues. Mm-hmm. And even though we went early, there was still a large queue. And this place was next to a three-lane street. Oh. So the street is three cars wide, but I have never seen it that wide because there is always one line of cars just parked at the side of it that is just permanently there. That morning when we went there, there were so many people, there were cars that were parking in the middle lane. So they took that three lane street into Mm. one lane. And this was one of the largest streets around that place. Can I add a little thing there? Yeah, I want to add that thing too. So what I'm saying is, yes, there will be some people littering, but that is already happening. Uh, that is already happening with cars, even though there are parking lots. Like, I don't think that is enough of a reason to just say the littering will be a problem when we can solve it through the this shared parking spaces. Yes, that was my point. When there will be need of parking, they should put some parking spots. In any case, I think this are, this, these are all relating to integration of things. Yeah, because when you build something, and it's like, I, am, I was told that when America switched to cars and the parking was necessity, they tar- tore down their cities in order to make that viable. And I'm not in any way suggesting this, by the way. Like, I'm not saying, oh yeah, America is great, we should tear down cities. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, but... I mean, sure, America is great. I don't know. I've never been to America, but it's okay. I am usually not uh, for breaking down cities, but tearing down cities. But uh, what I'm saying is, if motivated, people can in- integrate everything. Uh, the problem is mostly with motivation, not with how we want to. Like, we can integrate if we want it hard enough. I mean, the thing is, I think some of the appeal of this also comes from how more free form it feels, which right now it is, I think mostly because it is not as regulated. It's because it's a recent thing. I mean, especially with the driving, lack of driving licenses with e-scooters. But I mean, I want to kind of circle back on that because shouldn't there, I shouldn't there actually be somewhat more regulations about this stuff? Because I think if there are so many accidents happening with this, sooner or later, we're going to have to set up some basic like understanding of these vehicles and how do they work within our current uh, traffic system. So these can be also like be judged and see as dealt with. 
Okay, I I hear you and I hear you and I'd like to start by saying this. I am actually very worried uh, about the regulation part because whenever I'm burning dinosaurs across the streets, I am always concerned about what the other dinosaur burners are up to. Like how, <laughs> how well they can control their vehicles, what's going to happen. In fact, I remember one time I was waiting at the red light and the guy was coming behind me with such a speed in a very old dinosaur burnish. And from the mirror, I saw in his eyes, he's calculating whether he can stop and he thinks he can't stop. Like in his eyes, I saw that he was going to crash to my car because his brakes aren't good enough. So I actually crossed the red light and moved on because I thought traffic accident, like traffic accident is far worse than having a traffic fine. Um, but yeah, I would agree with is, that. I was able to look into his eyes and see that he's about to crash at me. And even if I wasn't able to do that, I would be able to look at the cars and like understand what they are doing. And my my concern with these things is because there are no regulations around how they should be used in roads. Um, I am not going to be able to understand what the e-scooter drive rider is doing in the street because of the lack of regulations that they should adhere to. But I think we are getting better at this. Like people are getting used to these scooters, e-scooters. Only maybe this is not a good point, but drivers around, like car riders, are getting more acknowledged about, more aware of these e-scooters, and they also respect more to these scooters. And I think e-scooters in general getting more trained, and they know how to drive more carefully, I guess. But this will be the case with a- any other vehicles or any other transportation ways. I get what you mean, Anas, and I think I agree with the, like, I agree that the older this technology gets, the more settles it gets, people will get the, get used to driving with those vehicles on road. I can, I can see that. But I think what John Dennis is pointing to is a different problem, which is about the barrier of entry to this, because I think Maybe I misunderstood, but I think Jandin is saying when I'm driving next to a car or behind a car or in front of a car, I know the requirements to get a car license. I know what you need to do to get a car, get behind the wheel and drive it into traffic. But but if there is no checks or balances to get like one of these e-bikes from an app and just rent it to the, into the traffic then that becomes a concern because even if you know what the vehicle is capable of, you have no clue what the person behind is capable of. I mean, I kind of like where I'm coming from is very similar. Like I don't necessarily say that uh, the person with a driving license knows very well about the road or I'm not even saying because it can be a person who doesn't have a driver license driving a car. He shouldn't, she shouldn't. But that's still possible. What I'm saying is, I am used to how cars behave in roads. And the reason why I'm used to that is because there are very strict rules on how cars can behave on roads. Like, you have to follow lanes, you have to look at the signs. The signs are built according to the cars that are on the streets. The All the sizes of lanes are all, everything, everything on the street is built to, let's say, let one car driver know how the other car driver is going to act. And that's not true for e-scooters. And that's what concerns me because like a person can be a master of an e-scooter, like driving it for a while. And that, that person in particular can be an excellent e-scooter. But still, what that excellence means cannot be measured by adherence to set of laws because laws don't exist. Like if there were an e-scooter behaves like this in road? No, they the rules still exist. Like there are bike rules as well. Like you need to know and you don't need to get trained in some place and get a license. But traffic rules uh, applies to everyone. Well, you get educated in the elementary school about that. But if you don't remember those, you are responsible. Okay. 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 But I have a counterpoint there. Yes, the traffic rules still exist, but when you're driving your own car, there is like, there is a sense of responsibility of whatever happens. There is going to be like a judgment of 
how much fault is where. Mm-hmm. But if if this is this becomes accessible without any checks and balances, any regulation, then it becomes a question of if someone gets a hold of an e-bike and endangers someone else's life or their own life. But it it won't be any different than using a regular bike. Will it not be? Because it is it is much less controlled than a regular bike. Actually, it is controlled in a way that like they can uh, ban some places like no go zones, and you can't use them on highways, for example, or in some particular areas if they find it. Okay, but is that enough? Like, for example, if I am drunk and I just decide to, in my drunken state, just decide to drive an e-bike with an app, can that app stop me? But do they responsible for it? Like, how can they know about it? Or I think they are responsible for it. So no one should let you buy a bike because you are drinking. Okay, listen. There, there is a whole different. There is a whole different thing that should be a part of this discussion. First of all, bikes is a terrible analogy because yeah, uh, I... even with the worst, even the fastest bike isn't fast enough compared to these things. Huh? Like it takes a lot of skill to fall from a bike and die. Whereas with these things, that's not true. I mean, also, I don't like the comparison because yes, I think if you go to some some place that sells a car, while drunk and they sell you a car or they rent you a car and you take the car and make an accident. Yes, I think that place is also responsible. I think the problem here is more comparable to the following case. Say you were riding a taxi in a drunken state, which is, by the way, what you should be doing. And in your drunken state, you have pulled a gun to the taxi guy. Or like, not even pulled a gun. Like, you called the taxi guy to be drunk with you. And you crash. Oh no. Then the person who is offering you the service is responsible for that. The taxi is responsible for that. And Only the taxi driver is responsible for that. Also, the rider might be. The rider is definitely responsible, but. Yeah. And that's where Binali is coming from, too. If there's a service offered to an unfit person that yeah. causes a problem, like you are saying, if I kill myself while drunk, but consider if you kill my child while you are drunk on an e-scooter, then I'm, then I'm going to be justifiably angry at the e-scooter company because you shouldn't be on that thing while drunk. <laughs> so, oh, okay, okay, okay. If I kill someone with a blade, or why do I kill? If you kill someone, if you kill... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> if you kill someone with a blade is the supermarket responsible for this event because they sell you the knife i mean okay 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 if i walk into a supermarket drunk clearly not in a stable mind and if they sell me a knife and then i knife someone in front of the supermarket five minutes later i think i think it would be reasonable in court to ask the supermarket why did you do this It is very reasonable because under the Turkish laws, actually, if you are enabling a drunk person to do violence, uh, you are like culpable. Like you are not necessarily as as guilty as the murderer, but you are to a degree guilty. But the point is, I think there is also this misunderstanding that we're not saying that necessarily the company itself is responsible for murder or injury. We are saying it is... It is like a responsibility of enabling someone because you are enabling the means without like actual checks and balances to see if that person is in the right mind. I think another way of framing this question is um, you cannot, when you sell a knife in a supermarket, you cannot tell if the person is going to murder with it, murder somebody with it or like act irresponsibly with the knife, like not intentionally murder. But It is actually possible to check if the person who is renting drunk with these vehicles, you can put a small clean set of plastic things that you can attach to, like there's alcohol measuring things, know about them. Alcohol meters? Yeah, alcohol, like the things that you blow on. it is actually possible to make that mandatory on a rental e-scooter in a way that you can't do with a knife. So I think the real question is, should the companies be responsible because the technology is possible to, like, be, I mean, 
you can't do this with a knife, but you can do this with e-scooters, with the current technology. Should we force companies to implement it? Like if I go a automat full of knives, automat. <laughs> <laughs> I th- uh, NS, I, th- I think I think you might be strawmanning this automat a bit. By I don't way, think this this automat exists. By the way, knife <laughs> thing has a problem. It is not it is not illegal to be drunk while carrying a knife. It is illegal to be drunk while driving. No, you just bought a, a glass bottle. But even if you don't kill anybody, you are breaking the law while you are driving drunk. Yeah, yes, that is that yes. is true. That's why I think the thing John Dennis said is very reasonable. But uh, like you can you can buy a glass bottle from an automat and break it and kill somebody else. It can be the Oh thing. no. Oh <laughs> no, he took the strawman further. <laughs> <laughs> it is strawman. man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like NS, uh, I, I feel very comfortable in this discussion because whenever you say things like you grab a knife or you grab a bottle <laughs> and you are going to kill somebody with it, I am thinking, oh, but he's too old. He can't lift it up anyway. <laughs> My favorite part is still, why am I killing? <laughs> <laughs> why do I kill? <laughs> <laughs>